Welcome to Into the Known. In this podcast series, we invite you to view knowledge and its ownership in a new light and take you behind the scenes of some case studies from the volume Ownership of Knowledge. I'm your host, Emily Tsui. If you think about knowledge, what is the first image that comes to your mind? Is it a book or a smartphone? Maybe a treasure chest that preserves everything you know? What we just did is draw attention to a way of thinking that runs in the back of our minds. We tend to conceive knowledge as a physical object. It's even in the language we use to talk about knowledge. We grasp it like we would grasp a spoon. We collect it like we would collect stamps. We give it away and receive it like a beautifully wrapped present. Knowledge exists as its own, well, thing, separate and independent from ourselves. Today, our social and economic system is built on the concept that knowledge can be objectified and commodified, a patent that is held a scientific paper that is circulated, a photograph that is captured. Now do us a favor. Take the spoon and the stamps and the beautifully wrapped present and let them go. Watch them vanish. Forget them. It's time to think about knowledge from a different perspective. Knowledge requires a relation. That is, you know things because you know particular other people or other beings. In his chapter, An Aesthetic of Knowledge, anthropologist James Leach spotlights the Reiti people in Papua New Guinea and other communities. They conceptualize knowledge and owning it, not as an object, but as a relation in itself. That means, to have certain kinds of knowledge, you have to be in the right relationships. Only specific individuals are allowed to apply specific knowledge and pass it on to others. So there's a story which talks about how you grow yams. Okay. Now, everyone knows the story. Everyone knows the story, but people would not tell me that story unless they were actually in the direct line of the family that that had been handed down through from the deity, from the god who had revealed this in the first place. Growing yams, then, is not only about, well, growing yams. Having and using this kind of knowledge means embodying a direct connection to your own ancestry. Again, words make this visible. In their language, the Reiti make no distinction between ancestor, story, and knowledge. It's all one word, patuki. So knowledge, passed down through the generations, is a kind of ethereal thread transcending space and time. A relation. Each family is fiercely protective of this knowledge, these relations. At the same time, that doesn't mean only one family in the community is allowed to grow yams. In principle, everyone can do it, but in their own way, within their own relationships. So you get different kinds of yam coming from different places and that their shape, their form, their taste, their look, they reflect the knowledge of that place, not of this place. 
as everybody knows in their own specific functioning way. It's an approach that leads to constant diversity and innovation. At the same time, knowledge remains ingrained in a specific relationship and directly connected to specific individuals. Without the relationship, the knowledge doesn't exist. It can't be given away like a yam or a present or any other object, because how would you give a relationship away? We have a tendency to think of knowledge as an object, but this isn't necessarily the case everywhere. Other perspectives bring their own possibilities. There may be other ways of knowing and other completely functional, effective, long-lasting and totally human ways of knowing, having knowledge, which imply a completely different sense of ownership, a completely different sense of how you organize relations between people. As a result, integrating other functioning understandings of knowledge and its ownership into mainstream society might open up additional exciting avenues. Just imagine if we are able to think differently about knowledge. How differently could we think about innovation or science or art? If you'd like to delve deeper into this subject, make yourself a cup of tea, snuggle up on your couch, and dip into James Leach's chapter, An Aesthetic of Knowledge, Relations and the Documentation of Traditional Knowledge in Papua New Guinea, in the volume Ownership of Knowledge Beyond Intellectual Property. It's open access and completely free. You can find the link to the book in each episode description. This podcast is produced by the Max Planck Institute for the History of Science. To learn more about knowledge ownership and the history of science, follow us on social media and give us a thumbs up on your favorite podcast app. See you next time.